Hi, and welcome to Being Power Woman, the talk show. I am your host, Nancy Rivera. I'm so happy that you can join us today. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Jessica Wallace, and she is like the doctor of money. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Hello. I'm so glad to be on the show. I am so happy that you can finally join us today. And let's talk about who you are and what exactly you are. I mean, why that subject of the doctor in finance? Yes. So I actually started off in law. So I had a passion of family law. And from there, I decided to start negotiating contracts and as I started getting into contract negotiation, I found a love for finance. So I went back to school, got my MBA, then went back to school again for my PhD, and I specialize in finance. So I have a business called The Finance Doctor, where it's a nonprofit where I help uh, women, mothers, couples, retirees. I, I help just about everyone at various stages of their lives. Okay. I love that. And I love your name. I mean, the doctor, I mean, and it's a tricky thing because many people are like, um, scared about talking about money and they, and it's so important, you know, our budget and how we use it. And, and if we do have a business, how we're going to separate what is our business money and our personal money. And I think that we have so many questions and we struggle so many with this, but at the same time, you're scared to get into this kind of topic. So what yes. was your motivation be behind um, all of this and saying, you know what, this is what I want to do. And I want to be my own boss. And I want to help people like understand the importance of talking about money. Yeah, so great question. So I actually started off making $14 an hour. I was really struggling as a single mom and I had, I, I was the hardest worker in the room, but I wasn't getting acknowledged. And I realized that it's hard to be seen when you're just the worker bee. You, you have to take those extra steps to be seen. So once I took those extra steps, I realized that good work leads to more work and the higher up that you go in the corporate ladder, the less of a voice you have. So from there, I decided that it was important for me to find my own niche, find what I believe would help families and what would contribute to the community the most. And I feel that finances is it. Most people aren't very good with numbers. They don't have a very good concept of finance. And I specialize in behavioral finance. So the relationship between what you know and your trends, how you grew up, your current fears with finance, and your actual actions. So that is, there is a direct correlation between your relationship with finances and your childhood and how you actually live that out in real life. So it, it's, it's quite interesting. Yes, it is. And yeah, um, I think that everything, everything we do in life as adults, it goes back to what we, what are our, our belief in our childhood and how we were raised. So I think this is one of the biggest things. And I thought for one point that it was only in the Latina community that we actually struggle with the money and everything. But no, I mean, this is something global. If we had problem when we were a child and we saw our parents struggling, we have that thing in our mind, like, oh my God, this is how we have to like live pay by paycheck and um, bills here, bills, bills there. Or another way, um, we grew up with money and we think that everything is going to be solved with money. So how you work with them, I mean, how your service actually help people? 
So how I help people is by building budgets. So I build budgets for people. I help them get an understanding of finance and what finances mean in their lives. So I go out into the community through different events, functions, and I educate young people as well on finance. So I really want to start up a program where I go into schools and I teach young people about finances and teach them how the economy works. And that's really my ultimate goal. So for now, I'm, I'm going into events in the local community and I'm planning on branching out to, to young people so that they can get some more education. Yes. I love that. You know that I had my, my son is 12 years old and we had a conversation like maybe two weeks ago and he said, oh, why don't it, doesn't um, like high school teach us how to use money, our taxes, what do we, what is credit, what is this, what is that? I mean, why they don't teach us this? And it's true. We don't teach our teenagers how important it is once you receive that first credit card when you're maybe in college, um, how important it is to pay it on time and how to work it because it's going to be building your credit. And I mean, credit, it is important to have a good score and everything, but at the same time, how you create that habit. So it is very nice what you're doing or what you're planning to do about going to school and teach teenagers to work with the money and everything. So Tell me a little bit about um, maybe things that you can share with us about people who have struggled with um, their finance and how you have helped them. Yes, so I have a few stories. And first, I'll, I'll tell you all about a little bit of statistics on this because 80% of moms actually support more than 50% of their household expenses and income. So they are carrying a lot in the household. And this is married or unmarried. So they're carrying a lot and 75% of women actually don't finish school. So we are really picking up the pieces and are working hard and doing what we have to do as moms and as women. And th that's really important to acknowledge on that you're not in this alone because so many women believe that, you know, I'm married, I did everything right. And why am I still struggling financially? Mm -hmm. Or I'm a single mom and I went back to school and I, and I did what I was supposed to do, but I'm still struggling financially. Mm -hmm. Or I finally have that business and I'm living the life I want, but I'm still struggling. Yep. And that's where the finance doctor comes in and I'm able to, to really explain why that is. So the, with behavioral finance, it's important to understand how the credit system works and our relationship with the credit system. So for those who are wealthy, who mm -hmm. make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, they aren't held to the same system as we are. So they don't have, they don't keep most of their money in, in banks like we do. They don't have the same credit system that we do. So they don't even use typical credit cards. So their entire system of how they handle money is completely different for, from the average everyday person. So for us, it's important to know first that this system is truly made for us and it's important that, that we utilize the system to our benefit. And the best way to do that is to, to know, okay, what are credit cards for? That's the first thing that a lot of young people get. So for those who are up the upper tier who are more wealthy, statistically, over 80% of those children, by the age of 12, they have some kind of savings account, some kind of account that's in their name, or they have some form of understanding of finances. By the age of 12. Wow. But in lower income or middle income households, 
that number is drastically different. So it's under 10% of families have children that have some kind of bank account or an account in their name or some kind of savings account in an understanding of finances. And most of them get an understanding of finances once they start working. So if you go to college and you don't get, and you don't, you know, get a traditional job, then you're not going to learn until you're well, almost in your twenties. So many, many young people don't have an understanding of even the banking system until they're an adult. And they are about five years behind from other children who are of wealth or of upper middle class. They have a better understanding of finances. So that's another thing to understand is that the system is made for us, but few of us actually understand the system. Mm -hmm. So the way the credit card system works is the way that the loan system works or any other system practically. So if I break it down, if I have a hundred dollars and I want to loan it out to two different individuals. Mm -hmm. So individual A doesn't have much of an income, but always make sure that, that they pay on time. Individual B has a higher income and they don't pay on time, but they're able to handle a load a higher financial load. Okay. So would I give $100 to someone that has a low income, the, though they make payments on time? Sometimes not. And that's why so many people who are able to make their payments but have a low income, they get denied. And those people who they, they don't have as much of a, a great history, but they have a higher income, and you wonder how do they keep getting these cars or how do they keep getting approved for these homes? Because the loan, the, the person who's providing the loan or the company that's providing the loan, mm -hmm. they see it as though this person's making $2,000 a month. Of course, if they can afford a $100 loan. So when you're really breaking down the way that the companies, credit card companies look at it, they're looking at you and saying, okay, this person, they have a high enough income to handle this, this debt load. So the key is to really build your income to increase your income. And, and that's not taught to those who are mm -hmm. of middle and lower class. We're always taught work hard, work hard, work yep. hard. Someone's gonna notice you, or if you stay long enough, then you're gonna get promoted. And that's just sometimes not the truth. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to want to get a higher pay, go for a higher title, continue to strive for your goals so that you can increase your income so that you can get to the level that you desire in your, your personal life and, and for your family. And so the best way to start off on knowing how, how do I do this, right? How do I get to a higher income? How do I, how do I make better decisions? The first thing to do is to know where you are financially. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that is to actually measure out your finances on a yearly basis. Everyone wonders, why do we get paid yearly? Why is that? Why do we get yearly salaries? Mm -hmm. the, the budget system and the pay system was actually meant to be on a yearly basis. And we've gotten to a place of convenience where everything's gotten broken down into a monthly payment. Even when you have car insurance or any a mortgage, rent, it's all on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. It's, or it, the shortest amount of time is on a six month basis. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need to start looking on it, looking at our finances on a more holistic viewpoint. So if, so it's important to take your income that you get every single month, multiply that by 12. That's your income that you're netting monthly, excuse me, yearly. Then you're going to take your rent or your mortgage. You're going to take that number, multiply it by 12. Then that's how much your, your actual housing expenses are. 
you're going to want to take your bills, add up your bills, add those up generically. It doesn't have, it can be an estimate. It doesn't have to be a solid number. So if your estimate is $400 a month on general bills, then multiply that by 12. And then you continue to do that until you can itemize as much as you possibly can. Multiply all that by 12. And then you take your expenses and you subtract that from your income. And you see how short you are or how much you have left. And then from there, if you say, wow, okay, I only have an extra $10,000 a year. That, you know, that's not enough for me to live. That's not enough. Mm -hmm. Because if I break that out by 12, that, that's, a, that's a few hundred dollars. It's not enough for me. Yep. I need more. So then you know how much of a raise you need. You need a $10,000 raise. You need a $20,000 raise. And that's how you know where you need to be financially. And, and that those are your goals. That's mm -hmm. how you set your goals. And if you're 200, say you're $1,000 short when you do your mathematics, Mm -hmm. And then you divide that by 12 and you say, oh my gosh, this is why I'm always short $200 a month. This is why I'm always short <laughs> because I, I need a higher income or I need to cut something out. And that's where you realize, okay, this is what I can truly do. This is how much I can truly handle. And it helps you measure those short-term goals. Wow. So all this time I've been doing it wrong because I mean, like, I think like many other people, I do it by month. I mean, I say, okay, this is what I, I, um, my income in the month. And this is my, um, uh, whatever I have to pay during the month. And I do not see it as a year thing. Oh my God. <laughs> this is yes. great information. Very nice information. And I would like to go back. Um, when you mentioned that also people that have their business, they're like living that moment and they're so passionate about it. And I have had clients that um, they have like a great thing, a great idea, but they're struggling with part of the money. And I mean, I can give them all this advice. I'm not a professional in the financing um, part, but how, I mean, what exactly you think is happening with these people that do have a um a business is a great idea they're very passionate about it but then the money is not coming in i mean is this part of this of not doing the budget like maybe yearly and they're doing like monthly or is there something else so that's a great question because statistically it takes five years for a business mm -hmm. to succeed and become stable mm -hmm. but on the flip side most businesses don't survive up to five years yep so It's really about dedication. That's the first thing of looking at this as a lifelong business. If you can't find a business that you can do lifelong, then mm -hmm. you might want to change up your business model and find something that you can do that will generate a long-term income. And mm -hmm. you can always create subsidiaries, aka smaller businesses mm -hmm. underneath your larger business. If you know you put a lot of effort into one area and it's not generating enough income, You can take a portion of whatever that business that is generating or that portion that, that people are responding to, and you can create a business just off that portion so that you can generate a higher income. Now, for those who are have a great idea, most of the time it's because of funding. They don't have, they know exactly the next step that they need to go to, but they don't have the funding to get there. Mm -hmm. So they know that they need to do pitches or they know that they need to join certain groups or attend certain events, but that costs money and it mm -hmm. costs money to, to pitch. It costs money to, to be seen, to mm -hmm. get out there, to get your name out there on social media. So the first step is to understand, okay, 
I have to pay some portion. If I have a great idea, it's going to cost some, some amount of money. Any business, it costs at least, at least $300 to run. If you mm-hmm. want to start, if you want to invest into the next level, $300 is, is a nice introduction. So start with that goal of how can I get to $300? What, what portion of my business is profitable to where I can continue to run with that portion to, to, so I can boost my overall vision? Because some might have a great idea for candles, but it's a really big idea. It's, yeah. it's probably best to start small, to start mm-hmm. with an area that you know people are going to purchase or start, you know, with family and friends and start building up your relationships and building that trust. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I started building trust with my clients and using word of mouth that I really started to generate income. Mm -hmm. So building that trust and getting that word of mouth is essential and not being afraid to do a referral program. Mm -hmm. Doing a referral program is, is very important for, for businesses that are starting out. And that's not very common Mm-hmm. When it comes to small businesses, we don't do referral programs. We don't yeah. say, okay, if you go out and tell another person about this, then you will actually get $5. You'll get a free $5 mm-hmm. or you'll get, you'll get 20% off on your next purchase, actually creating some form of a referral program, because that's how businesses grow. If you look at how, if you look at the corporate model and is, is there not a referral program in, in corporate America? If you refer someone to a job, do you get any kind of benefit for that? Most likely, yes. Mm-hmm. You get something. There's a referral program. Yeah. You get $100 or $50 for referring. And a lot of times people get hired from word of mouth. They, mm-hmm. they tell someone else about it. And that's how these large businesses operate from word of mouth and trust. So, so starting there as well. So and that's, that's really important. Okay. Nice. Very nice. Um, advice that you would like to give, like a general advice to the people and their relationship with the money. So it's important to see what, what benefit you're actually getting. So if you want to go back to school so that you can create a business in the area that you have a passion for, then look at how much it's going to cost. If it's going to cost $20,000 to finish or even $40,000 to finish, that's a $200 bill every month. Mm-hmm. But if you're generating an additional $2,000 or even $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. that will make up for the difference, more than make up for the difference of paying, paying for school. So for those who want to go back to school, it's important to know like you can do that. Mm-hmm. If for those who want to re-enter the work, workplace or start a business, it's important to know that you can do that. The, the most important way to do that is by taking a portion of what you already have and reinvesting it. Mm-hmm. Investing in yourself is essential. And if you don't do that, then it's going to be very hard for other people to believe in you. So you have to believe in yourself for others to believe in what you're doing. Yeah, true. So how can people contact you if they're struggling with money, how to make a budget or even and some kind of coaching on where their business, where can people contact you? Yeah, so they can find me at thefinancedoctor.org or they can find me on Instagram at officialfinancedoctor. Perfect. 
I will be adding your link of your website here in this video so that people can actually go directly to your website. Jessica, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for all this information. I mean, I think that people are going to be like, oh my God, that's the reason I'm struggling right now. So thank you for your time and your knowledge and sharing with us this information. Thank you so much. And all of you, thank you for joining Being Power Woman, the talk show. I see you next Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Bye.